0: Welcome to the Principles of Success, Season 2, Health Episode 8. And today we are talking about energy. Energy management, when it comes to success, is so important. Because when you're tired, you don't want to do anything, and when you don't do anything, you can't be successful. So making sure that your energy is as... Making sure you have as much energy as possible is important, and making sure you regulate that energy is important. Think of it like your phone battery. You have 100% energy at for most people because they plug their phones in overnight, you have 100% energy at the beginning of the day, and by the end of the day, you might be at 20% or 0%. Halfway through the day, depending on how much you use it, you might be at 0%. So energy management is ex- is extremely important, especially if you naturally have low levels of energy, then you really have to be on top of your energy management. So. First up, let's talk about sleep. Sleep is extremely important when it comes to managing your energy, and we all know this. But we all seem to have a habit of thinking that sleep should come secondary to most things. The most successful people in the world have bedtimes and have wake-up times. And part, of, and the main reason behind that is that your circadian rhythm. Your circadian rhythm is basically the term to is the fancy term for your sleep cycle and your energy. Outputs that come from your sleep cycle. So your circadian rhythm is when it's is what tells you when it's time to wake up and when it's time to go to bed. And when you don't wake up and go to bed at the same time, majority of the time, it throws your circadian rhythm out of whack. That's what that's what jet lag is. Is because your circadian rhythm is like, oh, it's bedtime my time, but you're on the other side of the world, so it's not bedtime. And when it's time for bedtime, your body starts producing melatonin, which is the sleep chemical. So the most successful people have a sleep schedule. They go to bed at time, and they wake up at time. It really doesn't matter what time, in terms of circadian rhythm. But the consistency of that time is what is important. And making sure that you get the most sleep that you can get is also important. So let's talk about that for a little bit. When you're sleeping, you go through a sleep cycle. You have light sleep, deep sleep, and then really deep sleep, to kind of put it in layman terms. And this is why if you take like a 20-minute nap, you can go to bed and wake up and feel, feel great. Whereas if you take like a hour nap, when your alarm goes off and you're jolted awake, you're feeling absolutely awful and can't seem to wake up because your alarm will give up during deep, deep sleep. Another fun fact, a lot of successful people do not use alarms because they have their circadian rhythm in check. And your body throughout the night goes in and out of these light and deep sleep cycles. So when it's if you go to bed at a set time and wake up at a set time, your body naturally is at the very tip of the light sleep cycle when it's time to wake up, and you wake up and you're ready to go. Where if you use an alarm and it w- it happens and it, if it wakes you up when you're in the middle of the deep deep sleep, that's when you feel super groggy. And a lot of people try and calculate when to wake up due to the sleep cycles, because the average sleep cycle is about um, 45 minutes between going in and out of the light and deep sleeps. But that the problem with that is it's the average. Your sleep cycle, your personal sleep cycle, might take 50 minutes, might take an hour, might take a half an hour. And over a eight-hour period, that can really throw off the calculations for when it's time to wake up. So that's the first part about sleep. Next part about sleep is one of the myths that you might have heard is that you need to stop eating at a certain time, otherwise you're going to gain weight. It is a myth, it's complete bullcrap. The nugget of truth in that though, is if you eat before bed, your body is digesting it and ha- and isn't fully shutting down to give you the most optimum amount of sleep that you can get. So this is just an analogy, but and the numbers will drastically vary from person to person. But let's say you eat right before bed and go to bed, you need about eight hours to nine hours of sleep. That same person, if they don't eat for like three hours before bed so that way their body's completely digested everything in their system, that same person might only need seven hours of sleep, or six and a half hours of sleep. Just due to the more efficientness of the sleep, they're sleeping more effectively. And it is not a life or death thing, I've eaten five minutes before I've gone to bed plenty of times, because I hadn't eaten anything in like five hours and I was starving, and if you're too hungry, that causes sleep problems as well. It's just a nugget of information that you might use to help you get more sleep and be feeling more rested. And then the other one that I want to talk about in terms of sleep, you've probably already heard plenty about it, and that is the light levels of sleep. And there's a couple different things I want to talk about with this first. So you all, I'm sure, have heard of blue light affecting your melatonin and making it harder for you to go to sleep. That's why there's red light filters that you can implement on your phone, glasses that you can wear, Uh, people talk about shutting down all screens and all artificial lights an hour before going to bed. Those are all extremely useful. And then the level of light in your room while you're sleeping also is drastic. The darker it is, the more rested you can be. And then there's devices out there that are kind of like natural alarm clocks. I've never used one, so I'm just talking out of my butt for this one, but there's devices out there that about... you set your alarm, and about a half an hour to an hour beforehand, this kind of lamp, this lamp thing slowly starts producing stronger and stronger levels of natural light so that way your body naturally, your body naturally wants to get up with the sun, with the sunrise. And this is kind of mimicking that effect. It's your slowly, your room is slowly being filled with more and more light and then you just naturally wake up and like, oh, it's daytime, I should get up. So light levels have massive impacts on your sleep quality, which is why a lot of sleep experts actually tell you to not have any electronics in your room. There's other reasons behind that as well. but. When you take out all of the lights, even just the teeny tiny like power lights that are like just a little dot of light, can have massive impact on your level of sleep. So that's sleep. And next up, let's talk about breathing. First thing I want to talk about with breathing is meditation. Meditation is super important to success. It is very helpful for your brain. I I wanted to include it in the brain section of last week or two weeks ago, but the I just didn't have enough time. But meditation is also super important for energy levels, so that's why I'm sticking it in here. And all meditation is, when you boil it down to its simplest thing, is conscious breathing. focused, deliberate breathing, and you're putting a whole bunch of oxygen into your brain, which then gives you more energy and more focus and the ability to be more successful. The most successful people in the world meditate for a minimum of 10 minutes a day. And a lot of the more successful ones will go all the way up to like an hour a day. It is just as important as physical exercise. It is kind of the exercise for the brain. It is a focus on breathing and just a focus on focusing on one thing, which trains your brain to be able to focus more, which is why I said focus a whole bunch. So make sure that you're meditating, and you can do all sorts of different things. The reason why you're When it comes to meditation, people often recommend sitting down and closing your eyes and listening to an audio for it is because you're eliminating all the other sensory inputs to try and focus on just that, which is extremely useful when you're first starting out and trying to train yourself. However, as you go on and on, you can get away with less of that. Um, You can actively meditate while doing stuff and moving your body and all sorts of stuff. There's people who talk about trying to meditate at while they're working out it is not the same exact same effect but you can actively meditate that way one of the people that in my success uh, internet mentors things that i follow he talks about how in social settings he will actively meditate so that way he can be present and focused whenever he's talking to somebody but he also sits and meditates for like a half an hour as well so that conscious meditation and breathing really helps with energy management. And then just the proper way of breathing. So a lot of people, especially when they're stressed, will breathe very shallowly. Shallowly. Deep breaths are important. And for some reason, a lot of people subconsciously will breathe kind of backwards. When you're breathing properly, your diaphragm expands when you're taking a breath, giving more cavity space for that breath to take. And then it collapses as you breathe out. For some reason, a lot of people somewhere in their childhood learn to breathe kind of oppositely, and their diaphragm actually constricts when you breathe in and pushes out when you breathe out. I don't know why. Um, I know there's theories as to why, but you need to practice breathing properly. Breathe When you breathe in, expand your chest, and when you breathe out, collapse your chest. And your stomach is actually where you're supposed to be breathing. And just breathe in and breathe out, and... You might pause this or do something to just kind of focus on the breathing and making sure that you are breathing properly. Also you sound more confident when you breathe properly, so there's that effect as well. And then the next thing I want to talk about in terms of energy management is more of a mental relation thing than an actual physical thing. So your brain regulates your energy output. You naturally have a lot of energy, but your brain wants to conserve that energy. It wants to make sure that you have enough energy in case that uh, if a lion attacks, you can run like crazy. And the perfect example of brain regulating energy outputs is... An example of, let's say it's raining, and you're having to walk, it's cold, it's wet, and you're having to walk two miles. And you have to carry this 50-pound object the whole time that you're carrying it. And let's say this 50-pound object in example one is a bag of sand. And there's no reason to carrying this bag of sand, you just have to do it. You're going to have low energy, you're going to be miserable, you'll get tired just after a few steps. Like, this is heavy, I don't want to do this. But let's say in the other example, that 50-pound object is your child, who you're trying to carry to the hospital. You're going to have way more energy and be able to almost run the stupid thing because there's a reason behind it. Because when you have a reason, a why behind what you're doing, your brain is much less reserved about keeping your energy stores in check when there's a reason to have the energy, to use the energy, your brain is like, yeah, sure, take the energy and do with it as you need. So this is why people talk about having a why behind what you do. Because when you have the why, your brain naturally is like, okay, there's a reason behind using this energy. We should use the energy and we'll recover it later. So make sure you have a why behind what you're doing. That's why when you're doing something that you hate, it absolutely drains your energy, even if it's not that energy demanding in truth, and why you can seem to have endless amounts of energy when you're doing something that you enjoy. Um, Next thing related to this is kind of the decision fatigue. When you're constantly trying to make a decision and go back and forth between what you're doing, that is all burning energy, and when you're burning energy, you're slowly running out of it. So make sure that you're decisive and use the law of momentum to help you, because your brain doesn't want to start, but once it's going, it wants to move it feels good to move. Your brain just doesn't want you to start moving, but once you're moving, it's like, okay, this feels good, let's keep going. And the last thing I wanna talk about energy-wise is kind of the energy dynamics of foods. There's, I hesitate in using those phrases because there's a whole lot of um, fields of study that call themselves energy dynamics across the world. When I'm referring to energy dynamics, in this particular sense, on this particular episode, I am talking about what kind of energy you get from what kinds of foods. So, heavier foods, like protein sources, like eggs and meat and stuff like that, take are kind of like an energy capsule. You, it takes digestive energy to process them, but then once you have them, you have energy for a prolonged period of time. Whereas lighter stuff, like salads and greens and vegetables, when you eat them, it takes a whole lot less energy to digest them, but they don't stay with you as long. And this is where vegetables become a very important brain food because vegetables really are kind of like the natural stimulant. When you're feeling fatigued and can't focus and need a kind of more energy, eat a salad. The salad will give a nice rush to your brain that isn't a super fast rush like sugar where you'll crash afterwards. It'll give you a nice rush to help you be more cognitive and effective for several more hours and everybody's lifestyles are different, everybody's bodies are different, so you kind of need to figure out what works best for you in terms of your energy management and when you need it. When I'm needing a good amount of energy for a really long prolonged period of time, I will eat something heavy several hours beforehand so that way it's all digested by the time I need it and I'm good to go for a good while. If I've been working for a while and I need and I'm feeling fatigued and I need a boost to kind of help me Get back on my feet, that's where something lighter comes in handy. And this particular section of energy dynamics is more of a Nathan's own personal health beliefs and things like that. So take it with a grain of salt. It's mostly anecdotal. There is some studies on it in more in-depth and different things, but that's what I do for my own personal health. And then there's the whole part of just overall energy, lettuce and vegetables have a very low amount of energy. You can't get calories. You can't get a, you. if you eat a giant bowl of salad, you might get a few hundred calories at the most, whereas if you eat just a couple bites of steak, you'll have the same amount. And another condemnation on grains, if I haven't haven't condemned them enough this year, is you know that slump that you get after eating a nice big meal, and you're feeling drowsy and tired, a majority of the time is because your body is trying to process these grains and is diverting a massive amount of energy to process them which is what causes that afternoon or afternoon slump because your body's trying to make sure that the grain depending on how easily your body is damaged by grains it's trying to make sure that they go through your body safely and that's kind of on the bad side the more normal side is kind of like we all know that turkey makes you drowsy because it contains chemicals in it to make you drowsy. So just understanding the energy behind your foods is important, and the reason why I hesitated on energy dynamics is because there's other fields that talk about energy dynamics. For instance, um, in India they really talk about energy dynamics as in different foods produce different kind of like fields of energy. So like potatoes are a down and out energy, they make you feel relaxed and open. Whereas like peppers are, or carrots are a down and in energy where you're feeling calm but focused. And that's what you might, if you Google energy dynamics, that's what you might come up with. And then there's one other kind of energy dynamics fields, but I'm not going to talk about that one too much because I am running out of time again. So your food impacts your energy levels. That is why a lot of successful people avoid grains because they are too energy dampening to operate at peak performance. And then the last thing I want to talk about is kind of more on the the toxins of the energy drainers that you might consume. Grains is one of them, I've already talked about it. Sugar is another one. We all know that when you eat sugar it gives you a nice rush and then you collapse. The problem is it's not an equal trade. You get like, let's say, just for analogy, you get a half an hour of heightened energy. And then you have like five hours, seven hours of decreased energy to make up for that heightened energy. And then let's talk about coffee and tea and particularly caffeine. Caffeine, the main reason that caffeine is bad is because it ruins your energy levels. It messes with your sleep. It is toxic to your brain. It's a neurotoxin. It gives you a false sense of energy that your body then has to take time to recover. So if you want more Overall energy, you need to cut out caffeine-related stuff. I still use caffeine for particular cases. I, um, It can help you focus, and when you really need it, it comes in handy. But just like any other toxin, your body builds up immunity to it, which is why as you go older and you need more and more coffee to be able to wake up in the mornings. But because I don't drink coffee, even at, compared to somebody who's drink like four cups of coffee, I have more energy. And I've talked about how they have other health problems as well, but the main the main reason in success terms that you want to lay off coffee and tea is the caffeine. And then just another fun anecdotal thing, apples supposedly wake you up better than coffee. I, I can't guarantee the validity of that, but I've seen lots of claims that they do. So maybe try starting to eat apples in the morning instead of drinking coffee. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about but I don't really have time to talk about is masturbation effects on energy. So on a chemical molecular standpoint, masturbation is actually very, very different from sex. We talked about brain chemicals a couple weeks ago. Masturbation, the masturbation cocktail is way, may, way more filled with dopamine than actual sex, especially if there's porn involved. And dopamine is a fantastic energy drainer. That's why, after you masturbate, you feel super fatigued. And that's why there's a whole no fat movement, because people have noticed when they stop masturbating, they have heightened energy and heightened focus and are more charismatic. And if you haven't studied a health a lot, the these last two sections might have come as a big surprise to you. But just remember, there's a ton of money to be made from addictions. And caffeine and porn are super addictive and are super lucrative fields so those fields want to make sure that people stay addicted so they'll try and claim that they're both healthy but the science is very clear that they're not and i wish i had more time to go into the effects of masturbation and on your energy levels but you'll have to do more research on that on your own and there's i'm sure that the people who will talk about it will have much more of an expertise on it than i do and just before i close out there's one other thing that i want to mention real quick It is not from a religious standpoint that I'm condemning coffee and um, masturbation and the other toxins that I've talked about. Even pickup artists, whose entire lives and careers revolve around picking up women, condemn masturbation because they have seen the different effects that it has on people. In fact, the analogy of the cocktail uh, between sex and masturbation, I knew the science behind, but I didn't have the analogy. I got that analogy from a pickup artist. From when I was studying social interactions and how to communicate better with people. And communicating between man and woman is one of the most complex things out there. And so I studied pickup artistry for a little while. Anyway, I've gone way over this time, so I will end that there, and I will see you all next week and lay off the toxin stuff and eat properly, breathe properly, sleep properly, and you'll have more energy. And waste less energy, and waste less energy on unimportant things, which I didn't even get to really talk about too much. But energy management is super important, and I will see you all next week.